It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Cheetahs home match in association with Murty Rabbits, the home of the Connacht clan. We're in Marty Rabbits. I'm here with William Davis and Lindy McKenzie, who've just come back from the sports ground where they were talking to Andy Friend and Dennis Buckley. That right, William? Yeah, first press conference for a while, and uh, let's hear what they both had to tell us. Back in action this week, Andy, and it's really coming down to the nitty-gritty bit of the season now. Mm, it is, yeah. It's a um, pretty important three-week block for us. Uh, cheaters into Glasgow and Ospreys, and all three teams are, are, are either equal equal points or, or just above us or just below us, so really important that we... Um, we, we put our best performances out there and hopefully get three good wins. Any regrets that maybe earlier in the season you didn't create a little bit of wriggle room? Maybe that game in Cardiff, it's, it'd be nice to have come away with something else there, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think every team will, you know, you get to these sort of stages and you look back on the games that you may have let slip. Uh, the same time we can look at games that uh, we've held on and I think back to the Cheetahs game. Over there in Bloemfontein, yeah, right at the death there, they were coming back pretty hard, and but we managed to hold on and, and contain them there. So it swings and roundabouts. I think, um, yeah, we've, I think, you know, where we currently sit is a fair reflection of what we've produced this year. We know we haven't produced our best rugby yet, and, and hopefully we're going to see that, yeah, hopefully on Saturday, if not in in one of these games in the next three. It is under Connacht's control, though. I mean, it's 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 in your hands. Yeah, and that's the pleasing thing. That's the thing we've talked about is that the teams that you know it's a very tight table, um, but all those teams that are around us, where where uh, we, we've got to still play them. So it's definitely within our control and our destiny's what we want it to be. Well, the Cheetahs, very good side, their physical side, big pack. But they also run very, very hard. It's it's a bit of a harem scarum type of rugby at times, but they never stop. They're continuous movement. Yeah, they are. And we you know, we saw that over there in Bloemfontein. We'll see it again here on Saturday at the sports ground there. They are big physical men. Um, we need to make sure we get our spacing right. We need to make sure uh, we get in front of them and get our bodies square and, and uh and get, get hopefully, ideally, double shots on them. Um, at the same time, as we saw in Bloemfontein, we can do that. Um, we can get turnovers off them, and, and then it's our ability to, for us to carry strong and ask the same questions of them in in, uh, in their defence. So, uh, you know, really simply, that's our game plan. It's about winning those collisions and, and making sure that uh, we come out on the right right side of that. Uh, Connacht players have been in action with, with Ireland, uh, Bundy and, and Quinn Roo, so I doubt they're available, and Alton made a brief cameo in, in both games, so um, who else are you welcoming back? Uh, well, we get back Alton, which is great, uh, we get back uh, Callum Blade and, and uh, Jack Carty and Tom Farrell, so great to have those four men coming back into the squad, um, all four of uh, I've enjoyed their experience there with uh, with Ireland, and, and you can just see in the, in the conversations you have with them, they've you know they've, they've learned a lot, and, and it's it's allowed them to grow uh, in, in the the way they think about the game, uh, and they've brought back some good things to the to the team. And I know they're itching to get out there and play, so um, really good to have them back uh, for for Bundy and for Quinn. Really proud of the way those two boys played on the weekend, and you know whilst we'd love to have them, certainly understand why we don't. And, um, always good to see Connacht boys in the Irish jersey. Quinn in particular might have silenced a few critics who had a few uh, unkind things to say. 
because uh, he had a very important game, particularly in the structure that Ireland were playing. No surprise to us down here, I'd add, but maybe a few people might have had to eat their words. Yeah, I think um, you know, yeah, Quinn's a quality rugby player and, and everyone has an opinion. They're entitled to that, but uh, our message to, to the players here, um, don't go chasing someone else's opinion. And we'll tell you as coaches and your players and your peers here, we'll tell you whether you're a good footballer or not and and, uh, and what you need to work on. So hopefully Quinn hasn't been reading the critics, but he's just going out and doing what he's always done. In, in my eyes, you know, he's he's brilliant at the line out. Um, you know, his ability to call an accurate line out is, is super impressive. He did that now at the international stage. Um, but his physicality, his work rate around the park is uh, is, is outstanding. And, and that's what you saw. If you watched him close enough, that's what you saw. So... Um, that to me is just the way Quinn Roo plays. I haven't seen another another side of him, uh, so I'm not surprised at all that he, he had that performance for his country. And looking at some of the other guys who might be coming back, uh, looking here at uh, maybe Kieran Marmion, Robin Copeland, might be are they available? Yeah, so Kieran's back and training now, which is which is great. Uh, Robbie Copeland had his first run with the team on on uh, on Tuesday or Monday, sorry. Um, so good to have him back. Uh, we've got Peter Rob back uh, from a long injury as well. Um, uh, Mickey McEwen's getting close to coming back too. Shawnee O'Brien reasonably close to coming back. Peter Claffey's back in now too. Uh, so it's just yeah, it's great to have those bodies um, getting back out there on the rugby field and having numbers again to train with. Gavin Thornby might be a little bit away and Niadi Alokan, but would would we be seeing uh, Kieran Marmion? Is he likely to feature at the weekend? Yeah, you know, if you've got an international player who's made himself available, then I think it's a fair fair chance that we're going to select him. So, um, yeah, great competition there now too, because in his in his absence, Caelan Blades had to step up, and he has stepped up, and I I thought he's been brilliant. Uh, you know, as much as you'd love to, to have Marmo there for you, um, when he hasn't been there, uh, that, that void's been filled by Kalen and, and he's done extremely well. Now, Connor have just had a break and everybody's gone off and done things, but we also picked up that you were out cycling around Connemara to have a look at the wilderness area, if you want to call it that, out very close to Galway here. Uh, how did you find that? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It was tough. Um, although I had... I had uh, three very different days of weather, so I left on a, an extremely sunny Monday, um, not a breath of wind, and uh, it became pretty easy. Right out through Clare Morris and Holly Mountain, and out that way, Kilawire into into the back of Westport. Um, enjoyed a, a very nice night in Westport, um, tasting the local delicacies, and uh, and then the next day just turned, and off I went towards Delphi, through a valley that I thought I'd probably never come out of. Uh, going 6k an hour into a howling gale I'm wondering what the hell am I doing here um, but managed to get to Clifton uh, through some stunning scenery and, and saw it in its elements you know, which is weirdly I like that sort of stuff um, it was a bloody tough riding I can tell you a really nice night in Clifton and then took off down through um, Bally Keneally and Roundstone and back along the coast road back into, into Galway on the, on, the, on the third day so uh, I was pretty fatigued when I got back I will say that um, I hadn't ridden with panniers for a long while, and the panniers had a fair bit of weight to the bike, but uh, I think back on it now, I think I was pretty pleased I did it. Good opportunity to have a look at what, what, what's around you, and, and it's a great place to clear your head. Well, that's the most important thing. Honestly, it's, I, I get headspace when I'm cycling, so that's one of the reasons I do it. I think 
um, for any cyclists out there you probably know what I'm talking about but uh, if you're not give it a go but because you, it's just you on the bike and and your mind wanders and it um, you know our lives are pretty full here you know with uh, with lots of things going on with with individuals and, and rugby and opposition and all the rest of it but um, at the same time I've got my own family too but when I can if I can decompress and get out there and try and think of nothing and just observe and just be um, it's pretty special Dennis, news today that you've uh, signed on for another two years with Connacht, so uh, that's good news all round. Yeah, absolutely delighted now to get to get it done and to, to kind of have that weight off your shoulders a little bit. Um, yeah, I was really keen to stay here and I really like what, what's been happening this year and the direction in which you're moving in, so yeah, delighted to get it done. It always comes at this time of the year, and it's sort of it's it's in the middle of the season. It's it's it's, it's a sort of a funny one for all players and managers and everything. It's because there's an awful lot going on, and you've got to focus on playing and also looking after your career. Yeah, it is. It's it's it can be quite tough at times as well. I think, um, you know, it's like you said, you're you're trying to perform to a really high level, and at the same time, you've got a lot of a lot of background noise going on. Um, you're you're obviously making crucial decisions about your career. Um, and trying to trying to do that while while trying to perform to a really high level can be really difficult. Um, I think you know you just have to accept that it's part of your job and that you need to be able to park park one side of it and, and, and focus on the other at times. But at the same time, really glad to have it out of the way now and I can just really knuckle down and focus on the rugby. You've had a break. It's coming in now to the final seven games of the Pro 14 plus a big European quarter final, but it's a three-game set first. So, do you look at that? Do you sort of say, right, we're concentrating on next Saturday plus two, or are you are you still looking ahead to the rest of it? Oh, we're certainly not looking past these three games, and 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 yeah, we're focusing on these three games as a block. But even not looking too far past Cheetahs, to be honest with you, like it's it's a must-win game for us. You know, we've probably probably lost that little bit of breathing room we had against against Cardiff by, by losing that game so it's it's absolutely must win this weekend and we need to be on the money but l- even though it's, um, it's a really important game but then we've got the two after that that th- yeah, this block of three is crucial to where we want to finish at the end of the season but it all starts this weekend against uh, Cheetahs and we, we, it's a must win for us The Cheetahs are coming up on a three match tour but they've sort of snuck their way up the table they've won two local derby games they're only two points behind so they must they must be thinking, yeah, we can still do things here. Whereas it looked they were out of it a little while ago. Cheetahs are a really good team. They've got a lot of really good players. Um, like their forwards have, they've got a really big physical forward pack, and you know they can they can scrummage quite well. They, they've got a really fun, good functioning line out, and, and they're good maulers. So they've got a lot that they can bring. Even coming up here to when it might be a bit wetter and a bit windier, um, they, they they have a lot of strings to their bow. And out in the back line, then we know they've got some really dangerous guys. If, if you allow them to play, they can really hurt you. So yeah, absolutely, it's it's no surprise to see them moving up the table now because they really do have a lot of good players. They have a sort of a manic approach to the game at times. I mean, the backs in particular just keep running and running and running. They, they sort of never know when to give up. Yeah, I think statistically they've got the least amount of kicks in play from, from all the teams in, in, in both divisions. Um, and it can be quite tricky when you're looking at video them because a lot of stuff seems to be off the cuff and it happens from, you know, a, a team does a poor kick to them and they just play. And, and, and when, they're, when they get that sort of broken play, they're, they're incredibly dangerous. So... I think the focus for us will be how to control their their backline, and hopefully assert ourselves in up front with like they've got a really good scrum. But if we could get some dominance there, it'll go a long way to 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 getting a result. Also, our mall, if we can get our mall functioning, you know, it's been a big weapon for us this year. And 
you know, I think we're going to need that firing this weekend, especially if it's if it's a bit wet and it's a way to maybe get some, well, get penalties, but get get points from it, hopefully. Um, so they'd be two big focus areas for us. And I think the other one would be that, like you, like you mentioned a minute ago, that they they can be quite dangerous at times is controlling their back line and how we kick to them and how we give them possession. Um, like we just can't be giving those giving them easy turnovers that they can they can transition into and just let those boys play. We have to be it with kicking that, that are contestables or kicks that go off the pitch or we're looking after the ball ourselves that we don't turn over easy ball for them to attack with. We we have to we have to box a little bit clever this weekend um, in, in controlling some of those those fast guys in, in the centre and and, and the, some of their outside backs. And is the particular pressure on on Connacht for the weekend? As you say, you haven't maybe got any wriggle room left after some of the games that didn't quite go your way. So it really is when it's a must-win game. Does that kind of crank up the pressure a bit, or does that just concentrate minds? Yeah, I think I think you can you can be careful speak, uh, talking about pressure. You know, you can kind of build it into something that's not. Um, at the end of the day, we've got a game that we have to win this weekend, and and, and that's all that we're focused on. Um, we we have a plan to do that. Um, we you know, we got a really good training session in there. We did a really good session in yesterday. Um, we have a really clear game plan. So I think the pressure that you speak about is it's, it's just a bit of responsibility for us to go out and execute the the things that we've been doing all week in training and the things that you know we've got absolute confidence in that we we know we can do. So. Yeah, it, it's it is a must-win game, and you're, you're right. But I think you start worrying about that stuff, it, it, it turns into a dangerous game. You know, we've got a specific role, and it's just going out and executing your job under pressure. In good form. I haven't heard it yet, so you'll have to tell me. Yeah, Dennis is very pleased. He's just signed a new two-year contract with Connacht. I think we knew that was coming. It's taken a little bit time to get over the line, but uh, he seems very pleased with that. I think he's enjoying his rugby. He said he likes the structure that's there at the moment. He's playing good rugby. Uh, it's very competitive for places. Players want to play. Um, they're aware. I think it's interesting that they're aware that they should be in a better place than they are with some of the games that they just didn't get over the line. So they've no wriggle room now. They have to start. This is, this is, there's eight games in this period up to the end of the, of the non-playoff bit of the season. They've seven in the Pro 14, they've won in Europe. One in Europe is weeks away, but they're looking to Saturday and they're also looking at the three games before we go to the next little mini-break. And Six Nations does tend to disrupt the Pro 14 a little and the Premiership and, and, and the competitions. Um, but he was in good form. Andy Friend, back from his uh, cycle in Connemara, which uh, he, he gave us a good description of that. I think he was a little surprised by how tough that was, but he, he was cycling into the wind out there. Uh, but he really enjoyed it. And I think there's a he feels, I think, now that there's a real clarity of what they have to do. And maybe he's aware of the players that have to do it for him. Right. And Lindley, we're looking at, we're into the last seven games of the Pro 14 we're basically starting from scratch with the way the table the table is at and, and the teams around us. You've done a bit of work on this? Yeah, look, it's very tight, isn't it, particularly in our Conference A, especially when you have, I think, four teams all within two points of each other. I think we're obviously, we start off in, in fourth place uh, on points difference behind Ospreys on 38 points. We're both on 38. And then, of course, we have those two chasing two in uh, uh, Cardiff Blues who are two points behind us and, of course, this weekend's visitors, the Cheaters, who are also on 36. Um, so it's it's very tough in this particular group. It is very congested, I think, is the word Andy Friend uses. So 
the positives are is that we actually play three of those teams here at home and we really have to make that home advantage count. Obviously we start with the Cheetahs but we've also got the Ospreys at home, we have Benetton at home and we have of course Cardiff who are, who are chomping behind us there. So I think those home matches are going to prove very, very crucial um, as we go into this last, this last block of games. I think they are. I think we're going to need the, the fans to really get behind them. I see the clan is sold out and one of the terraces is sold out already and they've got limited space for the main stand. Um, so I think the, the fans have bought into the fact that this is huge and Connacht, only for the second time ever, are in with a chance of doing something in the Pro 14. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very vital part of the season and I think they've got themselves into striking range they're, they're, they've set, they've, it's very it's all the sevens they've seven wins seven losses and seven to play it's and there's it's all they have to go hard now at this and there's been a few Connacht players involved with the Ireland set up and that gives a bit of a boost and I think notwithstanding the, the, the performance and the result in Cardiff were below par it was a game they should have won. I think they realised that. But actually, that might have, in some ways, might have galvanised the effort a bit. And I think there's, the squad might tighten up now numbers-wise. You're going to see... You're going to get your key players on the pitch every game now. Anybody yeah. that's fit. Because it's, it's, it's really now about winning. The, you know, bonus points, yeah. But you want the bonus point coming on the back of the win. You want four tries if you can get it on Saturday. That's... Five points on Saturday is what you're looking for. Four is the bare minimum uh, because there just isn't enough space in the table to, to, to not win your home games. Yeah, because if, if you look at the bonus point situation, like Connacht have won seven and lost seven, as you say, and on 38 points. And the reason Cardiff are two points behind is because Connacht have two more losing bonus points than they do, which is really important. Um, we're also on the same number of points as the Ospreys because they only have six bonus points, three try, three three bonus whereas Connacht of ten with four try bonus and six, so the bonus points really are important but as William says that now the wins become ever more so important Yeah, I mean I was just looking at the cheaters I think their bonus points, the reason why um, they've only actually they've only won, lost one game less than Connacht but they have huge amounts of bon- try bonus points as well obviously they like to they like to score tries they also like to leak them which is hopefully what we'll capitalise on this weekend but yeah you have to get those wins now look it's it's like anything you get your win first and then you think about your try bonus where the conditions might dictate otherwise you just don't know I think the focus has to be on these home matches I think the focus will be is on these home matches definitely I think We've seen for the last two block, the opening two blocks of the season, that Andy Friend, new to new into Connacht, has quite successfully blended a lot of the academy players and the younger players into the squad. Um, it's been a very good lesson for, for everyone. He's trying to develop a, a bigger squad. He's also developed quite holistically the, the, the development of the players where even Dennis Buckley talking today said that they are an extremely tight group mm-hmm. of players and that has definitely been fostered a lot this season. But I think now is the time where all of that positivity has to be channeled into victories. And as I think as William suggested that the players who have to go out on the pitch now have to be really the number one players in each position and whoever Andy Friend decides who that is. But he has blended a lot of young players. They may not see, they may not get as many opportunities from here on in. 
well of course unless they're Irish players are, are kept back and we don't see too many of them like just, just talking we can sort of move on to the fact that the Irish players have done quite well um, Ulton Delan comes on last week steals a line out wins a vital penalty and, and makes three or four tackles and is brilliant for like 10 or 15 minutes to follow up on the work that Quinn Rue had done which was absolutely brilliant I'm going to read out a couple of stats that Murray Kinsella fired out because like he was he was the busiest man on the field where he arrived at 46, 46 rucks. This is the sort of stats that you know myself and Danny would like to get access to, but shows we know what Quinn Rue does. We know what Quinn Rue gives us. It's this hard, dirty work that's done in the background nobody sees. And you're, you're looking at a situation where he shifted 25 people away from rucks. The next nearest person was seven behind them. Like That was what Quinn Rue brings to it. Physicality, cleaning things up, making the ball quicker for everybody else. And so we could lose maybe one or two more, possibly. I think we're obviously looking at, at obviously Bundy and Quinn Rubing, the, the two play, key players who Connor probably won't have during this Six Nations period. I think the, the rest barring injuries would probably return to Connacht. I think um, there's, there's opportunities there against Italy for someone like uh, Jack Carty, obviously Kieran Marmion depending on his fitness, might also appear there. Um, certainly when, you know, some of the players actually haven't been performing, you know, some of the ones you would expect to perform in the Six Nations haven't quite been performing, you know, this season. So there are opportunities for some of those players, but generally speaking, the two, obviously the two mainly are Bundy and Quinru. And, you know, it's delightful to see, as you just said about Quinru, you know, this understated person who's sort of under the radar and who isn't much talked about. And I I actually think that Connett have really helped his situation this season. I think because he was given, he's been given the the job of the line-out calls, that it's given him huge amount of um, sort of confidence um, in himself, and it's given him a leadership role that he's had to develop. And I think the the fruition the the fruition is his selection on the Irish team and him actually saying to the, the people who may not have recognised that, that what goes on behind the scenes that Joe Schmidt does and his reward is his place on the team Yeah absolutely Andy Friend uh, alluded to that as well I think they're well aware of what he does if you just have a look at who might be available and not available uh, Niadi Alok and Sean O'Brien have returned to light training uh, Peter Robb is available for selection, Kieran Marmion is available for selection for the weekend, Conor McKeown is back very soon. Robin Copeland has returned to full training and Gavin Thornbury is out until mid-March and Peter Claffey is also available. So it's a very full squad. Everybody is back from Ireland camp with the exception of Bundy and Quinn which is not surprising and I'm sure the likes of Caelan Blade and Jack Carty and Tom Farrell will be absolutely desperate to play a match because being in camp for that, you're doing a lot of hard grind work, but you probably know you're not actually going to play a game. That's part of the learning process. So they have a big opportunity on Saturday to get back out on, on the pitch, knowing that there's a six-day turnaround to Glasgow. Um, so they'll want to put up their hands, get some, some game time into their legs. And I think that should uh, suffice for Connacht to get this job done on, on Saturday. And we'll take a quick break. We would like to thank Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com 
for all your supporting needs. Okay, here's some audio we got from the Cheetahs press conference today um, in Bloemfontein. It's their coach, Franco Smith. Yeah, so there's, uh, there's excitement around the squad and there's some, some fresh faces. We've worked hard behind the scenes to get them um, to be better than the guys that are playing. So they, they, we, we ask of them to be uh, a new energy in the team, the new creativity. So yeah, it's great to have a couple of new faces with quality and uh, that can add to the value. I think we've lost, we're going to still, we look back this year and we're already looking back now when we and there's a lot of opportunities gone uh, through in that last minute. Ulster, Connacht, Munster. Um, uh, it's three games that I think they, which was the other one that they were really tight or leading. So they, it's really tight, and we when we and we let it slip, you know. And I think uh, now we've, we've 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 turned that around, and I think there's a little bit more of belief and. And that is the, the most important ingredient, I believe, in a team, you know, is that you, you must know that you are good enough to beat the, the opposition and not hope to do that just, you know, just in, know your capability and know your, um, your team's qualities and where your strengths and your weaknesses are. And, you know, and, and I think the psychological part of it is unbelievably important. Do you feel that this rain that you've had this last week has been time perfect? Or the timing has been perfect just to get muscles used to give yeah. a saturated filter for your toe? Look, fortunately, um, the way this field is watered uh, before games made it a heavy pitch the whole year. So we, we basically played on a on a softer pitch the, the, all the home games as well. So I think um, from a physiological point of view, we're quite prepared for that. Um, I still I agree um, that it will be different if we train on the on, on soft grass. So that's the other reason we didn't we finish our training here. We in, in Cardiff we're going to train on a 4G pitch, so we're not going to train on the on the field. So we're going to stay in Cardiff next week, preparing for, for for the Scarlets game, which is on the Saturday, which is just a small drive, and then against Leinster also same thing on a 4G pitch, so that we more or less maintain the. The surface that we train on, the quality, the quickness, the rapidness of it, and it's not slow and heavy and with a lot of strain on the groin area. So no, we're excited that, that, that our prep will be fine. Being on, it, on the game day, it doesn't really matter. We can just uh, adapt to whatever we, we, we get. So thanks to our South African correspondent, Morgan Peak for that audio. Myself and William are going to be chatting to Morgan later on this evening. And here's that audio now. Morgan. Hi William. Hi Morgan, how are you? Yeah, I can't complain you and you guys. Yeah, we're pretty good. We're pretty good. We're all set for the Pro 14 to get going again. It's all been Six Nations and a lot of European rugby up here, so Pro 14 back with us. Um, the Cheetahs on en route tomorrow uh, from Bloemfontein, so we were just talking about weather. What's, what sort of temperature are they leaving before they arrive here on Thursday? Yeah, it's a little bit difficult because we've kind of had those days where we've had four seasons in one day. But you're probably looking at, you know, high 20s, low 30s with quite a high humidity because of all the rain around. So they are, it's definitely much warmer here than by you guys. But we have had 
a tremendous amount of rain in the last week in particular. I think, you know, the last three days or so, we've been averaging probably about 25 mil, 30 mil rain. So we've had quite a bit of it, something that we're not used to. Okay, well, they're going to land here. It'll probably be about 10 degrees at kickoff time on Saturday. Maybe if a week ago it would if, be. If we're lucky. Been, <laughs> if we're lucky. If it, a week ago it would have been about 3 degrees at kickoff time. So they've, uh, they are getting a little bit of a boost. Um, what do you think the mood is with the Cheetahs? They're coming on a three match tour. They're playing Connacht first, then they're playing the Scarlets, and then they're playing Leinster. So they've, they've, they've three away games. I noticed as well then you have to trek up to play Glasgow in a one-off game before having a run of home games. So uh, how, do you, uh, how do you assess things at the moment with them? Well, the Cheetahs are in a much better space to, or you know, um, frame of mind and a better space than what they were um, probably two weeks into the competition when they lost to Munster and then had a drubbing by the Ospreys, if I remember correctly. Um, and then they had this that string of poor results where they just couldn't manage to get a win. So with uh, four back-to-back wins, the first time ever that the Cheetahs have done it in the competition, the guys are actually really high-spirited. And after that last win against the Kings, the captain, Sean Fenter, actually stated that they are looking forward to touring for a change, which wasn't the case early in the season when they went up to Zebra and when they... You know, when they started the campaign, so the guys are looking forward to it. A couple of injuries in the squad, but I don't think that it would put too much of a dampener on the team as it is because there are quite a few exciting guys that are coming in um, who haven't had any opportunity to to speak of in the tournament thus far. So, you know, it is quite exciting to see a few new faces, new fresh faces, because the back lines have been the same the entire season, basically. So now is going to be the real test of the depth and what the guys have been doing behind the scenes. Yeah, this, um, this I suppose, is an opportunity. They have very quietly got themselves into a reasonable position. They're, they're, they're two points behind Connacht. They're, they're, they're tight with Cardiff in the, in the table. What do you think is, I know they, they obviously want to win all three games, but what do you think is the minimum that they need to get out of this, this tour so that they can, you know, hold a position and, and maybe challenge towards the end when they have some home games? Well, I would, you know, I would ideally prefer them to win all three games, but a person has to be realistic and ask question, are they at that level yet where they can beat Leinster, Dublin and Cardiff? Uh, not, sorry, not Cardiff, um, Scarlets. Can they beat them away from home? I think the most important thing for the Cheetahs is that they want to be able to improve their home record or their away record, um, especially outside of South Africa. They haven't done that well touring. They've won all their home games, sorry, the the local away games, if you want to put it like that, going down yeah. to Port Elizabeth. But it's important to start getting these wins overseas if they really want to consider themselves Maybe not tight to contenders this year, but at least challengers next season, and perhaps even you know sneak in as a challenger towards the end of the season. So, I think in the bigger scheme of things, this is a vitally, vitally important tour for the cheaters. Yeah, Morgan. And just just looking at last season, this time last season they they came up and played three three games and got that they lost to Cardiff in a game they probably should have won. 
Um, Glasgow mm. turned them over, but then they got a, a losing bonus point and a try bonus point against the Ospreys. In another game, they could have won that. They seem to be better away from home this time of year than they are earlier in, in the season. Yeah, well, that remains to be seen because they they managed to beat Zebra at the beginning of the year, um, which is a very good boost for them. But can they do it against, and this is with all due respect to Zebra, against big top position? Because mm. Connacht are a much improved team from what they were last season. Scarlet's always up there, and needless to say, Leinster are always up there. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be massive for them. But, you know... I think the guys can be really happy if they come away with one win and perhaps get bonus points in the two remaining games on tour. So if they can at least come home with seven points, I think it would be job quite well done. Because we've also seen that when you guys, or not specifically Connacht, but when the European teams come here, it's not always easy to get points yet. Mm-hmm. So I think any points the guys will be really happy with. But to them, the most important thing is that the team builds and improves game by game. To that end, Morgan, is is there a concern that at the end of the season, irrespective of where where the cheetahs are at that stage, that they could lose some more players, that teams will come in looking for players who've done particularly well or guys that might be out of contract? Is that something that's a concern? And, And if so, how do you think they can alleviate that? Because they want to keep this squad together for a while so that they've they build a basis going forward? Yeah, I don't think there's as much of a concern as what it was at the end of last season. At the end of last season, it was a matter of, you know, it was almost the end of a three-year, three, four-year cycle. So there were a lot of guys going to leave, regardless of whether the cheaters were playing in Pro 14 or not. This time around... Um, you know, what they started doing is, in, the, in South Africa, and I presume up there as well, the average is a two-year contract per player. They've started, ex- the cheaters have started offering three-year contracts because of kind of a change in season and, you know, the whole dynamic of rugby has changed. So more guys have been tied up. There are a lot of youngsters that have come in with um, signed big contracts or longer contracts with the team. So, yes, there will be a couple of players leaving, Um you know, I have an idea of one or two players that might not be a next season. But, you know, having said that, these, I, I truly believe that there's quality to fill those positions if these guys do end up leaving. So, But I don't think it's as big a concern as it was last season. And on top of that, the squads are going to get um, downsized a little bit here at the Cheetahs because the Curry Cup and the Pro 14 is not going to overlap in future. So there's no need to have a 65 or a 60-man training group in order to compete into competition. So they are going to be, uh, you know, releasing a couple of players if you want to put it like that. And 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 just to expand on that, what's happening to the Curry Cup then? Is, is are, are they coming out of that competition, or are they? Is 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 its timings being changed? The timing has been changed. It is going to, there's no official word from Sorry yet. So there's a couple of scenarios. But the one is that it is going to start, I think, a month earlier, if I'm not mistaken. Right as, as the Super Rugby finishes, the Curry Cup is going to immediately go into the Curry Cup. Then um, a suggestion that was made, and it sounds like there's quite a lot of favour for it. But as I said, Sorry hasn't you know, confirmed anything yet from their meeting in December that there will be the Curry Cup will be played over two pools, 
We'll have four teams in each pool and it will be around Robin and then it will be the same format as a conference system where the top two the top teams in each pool go into straight semifinal teams two and three will play it out in the quarterfinal if you're not put like that and then you know needless to say semifinals and finals so the curry cup is going to be earlier so it will be finished by the time that the pro 14 starts next season and um I can't remember who mentioned it, but it is someone big at uh, Pro 14 mentioned that because of it being a World Cup year, the Pro 14 starting a month later. So there isn't too much of that concern uh, okay, for the 2019-20 season. That's interesting because we haven't heard when the Pro 14 is going to start yet. There's been, I know the Premiership in England is going to start in the middle of August. Seems to be their way of dealing with it. We. We were, we're waiting to be told because it's uh, it's tied in with TV contracts. I suppose the TV companies that have Pro 14 are not particularly keen on going up against the World Cup. Um, but there's an awful lot of there's a hell of a lot of rugby still has to be played. The European competitions are starting 12 days after the World Cup final, um, and you can be assured that if France get to the World Cup final, their players will be expected to turn out for their clubs. That's about it for me. Have you anything else, Alan, you want to check on there? Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, just looking, Malcolm Yar is, is missing. He's got a, a knee injury. That's he's, he's going to be a big loss. Like, he scored a try in the last match, and he's he's one of the top carriers in the league. How big a loss is he going to be? Am I saying his name right, even? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, well done on that. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a couple of um, injuries. Um, Joseph Dweba, another one. You know, it really came of age in the season with his in the hooker department. But that does see the return of Jock Toy, who's a season campaigner. Malcolm Yard, a massive loss, but um, I'm hoping it will happen this weekend. I don't know if it will happen this weekend. There is a new kid here called Tapui Mafura, a Zimbabwean-born fullback, who was one of the top five players in the Varsity Cup last season. He played for... Um, Picker, who is the Northwest University, and also the Leopards, the provincial team up there, before he joined here. Um, an exceptionally, exceptionally, exceptionally exciting player. I personally rate him higher than Malcolm Yard. Wow. So he is on tour. He is assured of his debut on tour. But whether it's going to be this weekend, next weekend, or the following weekend, I can't tell you yet. But it might actually be this weekend. Maybe Frank, I can tell you on Friday afternoon. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to having a, a, a chat with um, Franco and the, and the boys on Friday at, the, at their captain's run. Um, it's good to talk to you again. Um, we might well give you a little shout next week just to get your thoughts on the game once it's been played uh, and to get maybe the media reaction from, from South Africa from what the, the post-match analysis is before uh, the Cheetahs move on to play the Scarlets the week after uh, over to Wales for that one. Anytime, I'll, I'll look forward to it. Thanks to Morgan for that insightful, insightful chat. Um, before we move on, here's, here's William with the fixtures for this weekend. Guinness Pro 14 action is back on Friday evening, the 15th of February. All these times are Irish. 7.35pm for the three games. Ospreys versus Ulster. Edinburgh versus Dragons. Munster versus the Southern Kings. 
on Saturday. Four games starting at 2.30pm with Zebre versus Leinster. 5.15pm Benetton versus the Scarlets. 5.30pm Connacht versus the Cheetahs. And 7.35pm Cardiff versus Glasgow Warriors. Okay, before we finish off the podcast, um, we're just going to look for, for your support. We're going to thank everyone uh, who's donated to us on Patreon. Um, it's really appreciated. It really helps us to keep the podcast going. If you want to, for the price of a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a herbal tea, as I've got here, um, you can go on to patreon.com slash craggyrugby and, and donate um, to help us out. Um, don't forget to like us on Twitter, retweet us wherever you can, tell your friends, anyone who doesn't know about us, um, just let them know that the podcast is out there and um, we're looking for any and all help that people can give us. Match of the weekend, 5.30 kickoff. It's going to be on Galway Bay, William. Yeah, Rob and uh, Joe on, on Galway Bay. Slightly odd kickoff time. The, the next one against the Ospreys is a quarter to three. I don't know where they've started moving these around, but it's probably to keep our television buddies happy. Uh, I'd urge you to get up there if you can, if you want to watch some live rugby. You've been stuck indoors watching the Six Nations, like myself, for the last two weekends. So uh, come up to the sports ground. It, there's one thing you can say about the Cheetahs. They're entertaining. Uh, they They throw it around. They... Dennis Buckley today talked about the fact that you have to be so accurate kicking to them. You have got to, you've got to put them in places where they can't just run back at you. Um, because they do. They just run from everywhere. They pass the ball. It all happens at high speed. It's a bit harem scarum, but it's good to watch. It certainly is. And I'll just take a chance to plug a little bit of stats work that myself and Daniel do, um, where he, he went in, and it's all available on patreon.com. You can see we do a, a little table of how cheaters do at this time of year and Danny just said it to me there before we started here they have scored the third most tries in the league but they've let in the second most tries in the league so we're looking for an exciting game Lindley yeah, I think um, even talking to Andy Friend today, you know, they're, they're very much aware of the fact that their their ability to score and that they do love to run. Um, Defence obviously is going to be is going to be a key to stopping that, to getting up in their faces and stopping them. And I think for the first time probably in a season, I think Andy Friend isn't overly bothered if the weather is a little bit dull. Yes, I believe it's going to be a bit dank at the weekend, but hopefully not too dank. Okay, we'll leave it there. 